Good morning. How many of you have been seeing the LCU advertisements in, on uh, the Olympics? Anybody? Yeah, they look good, don't they? I'm really excited about that. I would imagine that most people don't remember Fred Noonan. He set out in 1937 to do something no one else had ever done before, to fly around the world at its widest point, the equator. Aviation was born less than 35 years before, on December 17, 1903, when Wilbur and Orville Wright made the first powered flight at Kitty Hawk in North Carolina. The entire first flight lasted only 12 seconds and covered 120 feet. From that time on, the world enthusiastically pushed the limits of air travel, with records being set in all kinds of ways. For example, the U.S. Army Air Services team circled the globe in 1924, and Wiley Post did it twice in 1931 and 1933. But all of these trips took advantage of the shorter flights around the islands in the northern hemisphere. In 1927, Charles Lindbergh bravely made the first solo non-stop crossing of the Atlantic, taking a prize of $25,000 for his achievement, a feat in which 14 other pilots the following year died trying to duplicate. No pilot had yet traveled around the world at its widest point, the equator. There was a giddy anticipation and the record books were waiting for the first person to finish this 29,000-mile odyssey. It was on this aviation record that Fred set his sights. His plane was a Lockheed Model 10E Electra. It was a sleek, full-metal plane that shimmered in the sun. Designed to carry 10 passengers, the engineers modified it with fuel tanks in the wings and the fuselage to increase fuel capacity from 250 gallons to 1,150. This gave the Electra a theoretical flying distance of about 4,000 miles. Starting in Oakland, California, Fred navigated his flight east to Burbank and then to New Orleans, Miami, San Juan, and eventually Natal, Brazil, checking the airstrip at 3.15 a.m. with flashlights, Fred left Natal's grassy runway and sat down 13 hours and 12 minutes later in St. Louis, Senegal. Gas fumes left him nauseated and rainstorms had buffeted the Electra most of the way and still Fred was one-fourth of the way around the world. Each flight began before dawn. Fred landed by mid-afternoon to care for the plane and seldom got more than five hours of sleep each night. As Fred, Fred flew across East Africa, he reached Asab, Eritrea. Fred was forbidden to fly over the Arabian Peninsula, so he made a 13-hour, 1920-mile flight around from the Red Sea around the peninsula to Karachi, Pakistan, over India between Calcutta to Rangoon, Blinding rain literally beat the paint off of the Electra. Still, the trip continued through Siam, Malaya, Australia, and on June 29th, almost six weeks after starting, Fred reached Leh, New Guinea. For Miami, Fred had already made 24 flights covering 19,000 miles in only 30 days. 
On the morning of July 2nd, 1937, Fred rode the heavily laden Electra down the runway toward a rocky sea embankment that marked the airstrip's end. The plane dipped a bit, but then climbed into the air and headed for the small Howland Island, some 2,556 miles away. A Coast Guard cutter named Itasca was standing off the island to make radio contact with the plane. At 7.42 a.m., Fred radioed, We must be on you, but we can't see you. The gas is running low. Have been unable to reach you by radio. We are flying at 1,000 feet. At 8.44 a.m., another radio signal came in that was heard. We are running on a line north and south. The transmission seemed to indicate that Fred Noonan had believed he had reached Howland's charted position, which was incorrect by five nautical miles. The Itasca used oil-fired boilers to generate the smoke, but the Electra apparently didn't see it. The many scattered clouds around Howland, Howland Island probably masked the ship's efforts to make contact. After that, the radio went dead. The silvery Lockheed Tinney Electra mysteriously vanished. Despite the unprecedented extensive search by the U.S. Navy using search aircraft of the U.S. Coast Guard, no traces of Fred or the Electra were ever found. Fred was gone. The flight was so celebrated in America that the commemorative flight, retracing the stops, was made in 1967 and again in 1997. The International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery has spent several years and millions of dollars attempting to solve the mystery of this disappearance 77 years ago. In fact, there's a scheduled 30-day expedition in September of this year that will employ a research ship and two submersibles to follow up some very positive leads. Their goal is simple. Find the Lockheed 10 Electra and confirm the fate of its pilot. And you still don't know who Fred Noonan is? You probably don't remember Fred Noonan because he didn't fly alone. In fact, he made the trip in a five-foot by five-foot by five-foot cockpit with someone else, someone who enjoyed much more notoriety. His co-pilot was the most celebrated female pilot of the 20th century. She had already set numerous flight records and gained an international following. Her name was Amelia Earhart. It was Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan who disappeared July 2nd, 1937. A mystery many are still trying to solve. Anonymity is the point of this talk. <laughs> In this world today, we see so many people who are saying, who will do anything and say anything to get their moment of fame. They seek approval applause or adoration of others. Money may be a driving force. Often the goal of recognition or popularity seems to overwhelm better judgment and good decisions. It seems the lines between being famous and infamous are being removed. As Christians, our goal should not be the applause of men. God must be our focus. Pleasing Him must be our goal. Jesus warns in Matthew chapter 6, be careful not to practice your righteousness in the front of others, 
to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. When you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in heaven. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. Jesus said, Our Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward. Most likely, no one will remember us in 77 years after we die. But that is all right. If we are successful in putting Christ forward and ourselves behind, we might just take a place in human history next to Fred Noonan. And if only God remembers us, that is by far most excellent. Leonard Bernstein, the famous composer, conductor, pianist, and director of New York's Philharmonic, was once asked, what's the most difficult instrument to play? He said, second fiddle. Second fiddle may not receive much notoriety, but there is no harmony without it. Let's put the chapel talk today into action. I challenge you to do something nice for someone else in the name of Christ without them knowing who did it. Let your good deed be cloaked in anonymity so that our Father who sees in secret will be pleased. You're dismissed. Thank you.